1 Thessalonians 5, I'm going to read verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Here's a command from God to us. We shouldn't stop praying. We should not stop praying. We need to press on in prayer. We need to, Jesus said, pray always. So what do we learn? You know, first thing we learn is the importance of prayer. Prayer is extremely important. You know, if we read through the New Testament, if you read through the New Testament, and you thought, what is God's priority in my life as a, as a Christian? You would not come away thinking, number one, Bible reading. Why? It's just not mentioned that much. I mean, prayer is mentioned so much more than studying the Scripture. I mean, think about it. If I ask you to give me a couple verses about, let's say, a command that Paul gives to the churches... I bet for every verse you could give me on studying the Scripture, we could give you three about prayer. What about in the life of Jesus? The example of Jesus. For every verse uh, that you could give about His knowledge of the Scripture, Him reading the Scripture, I bet we could give you five on prayer. Right? Because prayer is so important. Think about how frequently it's mentioned. I'm sure you guys could give me tons of verses if I said, well, Brent, what comes to your mind in the New Testament about prayer? We could just go on. I mean, we could probably spend the whole time just on that. It's so often. There's prayers recorded. There's prayers urged. There's Jesus told parables about prayers. We have accounts. We don't have any accounts of Jesus studying the Scriptures. How many accounts do we have of Him praying? A lot. Him going off and praying in the night. Him praying all through the night. Him praying in the garden with loud cries and tears. His whole prayer in John 17, you know, we have so much about his prayer life. We know some that he studied the scriptures, but the New Testament priority seems very clear in terms of frequency that it's mentioned. Is prayer. Now what about the importance? I mean, here's what I'll tell you. Paul is not exhorting people over and over uh, read your Bible without ceasing. Right? He, there's not a verse like that. But there is a verse, and a couple times he's, he's saying, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Jesus said that. Always pray. Think about the teaching of Jesus, how many times he was exhorting us to pray and to not lose heart. I like this verse from James. James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful or is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. So basically what it's saying is, are things going well? Sing praise. That's pray, right? <laughs> if things are going bad, you know what you should do? Pray. That's the same thing. Pray all the time. He's saying when it's going well, it's a prayer of praise or song of praise, and when it's going poorly, you're pleading, but you're always praying. Prayer is so important. Think about how frequently it's mentioned. Think about this. Think about how often it's neglected. I like the quote somebody said. They 
it might have been Ravenhill, they saw a building being built and they said, you know what, I know what that's not for. It's not for the prayer meeting. <laughs> Why? Because the prayer meeting is the least attended meeting. Yeah. Why? Because people don't think prayer is important. That's bad. That's in good churches. That's not just in you know the dead churches down the street. That's here at Lake Road. The prayer meetings are smaller than they should be. They are. Why? Because it's important for you and for me to get together and to pray with one another. What is it a symptom of? I'm uh, almost 100% sure it's a symptom of uh, personal lack in prayer. Right? That I'm guessing that part of the reason that people aren't here is because they don't prioritize prayer for themselves. And I want you to think about that for you. What about you? Where are you at? in terms of even just the prayer meeting or your personal prayer life. Think about how high a priority, not just that it's mentioned frequently in the Bible. We're talking about the importance of prayer. It's mentioned frequently. It's often neglected, but it's such a high priority. It's such a high priority in the Bible. Think about Jesus giving up sleep to pray. He didn't have sin to confess, right? He wasn't trying to get right with God. He was already right with God, and yet he felt the need, tonight I can't sleep because I've got to pray. If he, if he feels prayer is that important, that high a priority, ten times more us, right? Because we need God ten times more. We're, we've got sin in, in, our, in our life to overcome things that Jesus didn't have. And if he thought it was that important, it's that important for us. Let me ask you this. How important has prayer been in your life? It's been so important. So important. I, this, is, this was the most encouraging thing to me when I was thinking about preparing this. Is I was thinking about the things I know about where somebody prayed for somebody and God answered and that person has no idea. It's actually really encouraging. You know, there's a brother... There's a brother who was struggling with assurance and another brother in the church was praying. Praying, God, help them. And they felt like God said, you don't need to pray for them anymore. And they got up off their knees. And later on that day, they heard that you know this other brother had a breakthrough. That's so encouraging. Guess what? That brother has no idea. That's awesome. That's a huge deal. And when we get to heaven, you know, you can say, that brother is going to say, hey, you know what? I was, I was praying. And they're going to say, praise the Lord. You know, I had no idea. That changed my life. Uh, I'll give you another example. That's a spiritual need. Um, I know of another example. That's just in this church. That's amazing. That's not something in history. That's here. There, that could be you, you know? I could be talking about you. I am talking about one of you. And you don't know it. As far as I know, well, anyways, there's another brother who had a health issue, and I know that another, this in this case it was a brother, was praying and prayed the amount of days that it would be healed in, and God healed him. It was, and that's very encouraging. Uh, and that brother doesn't know. That's very encouraging. Um, I know of a sister who praying for needs for growth in another sister's life sees a need, sees a spiritual 
area of weakness starts praying. Doesn't first thing they do isn't go confront them, but it's I'm going to pray for this person. And then that sister that's been praying, uh, the the other sister who she's praying for said, God's been really been showing me that I have this area in my life. It's this the very thing they've been praying for. They don't know. You see, I bet there's things in your life, my life, that we have no idea. God, people have been praying and it's affected our life. Yeah. Prayer is so important. Well, that's the first point, the importance of prayer. I mean, think about it. He says, unceasing. Don't, don't stop praying. Now, we might just need to take a second here to set it set it clear what he's meaning. Because for a while I thought it meant 24-7 prayer. <laughs> Don't ever stop praying. You know, you go to work, you're driving, you need to be praying 24-7. <laughs> which is not what it's meaning. Uh, which is encouraging because, well, let's look at the verses. Romans one nine, Paul says he's praying without ceasing for them. Uh, let's turn to this one, Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians 2, uh, chapter 1 and 2. Look at verse, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly, same word, unceasingly, mentioning you in our prayers. So first he's saying, I pray without ceasing for the Thessalonians, thanking God for you. And then look at chapter 2, verse 13. First Thessalonians still. We also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it. Not as the word of men, but but what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you, believers. So here we've got a couple of things. If this meant 24-7 prayer, this means that Paul, all the time, night and day, is praying for the Romans, because he said he prays unceasingly for them. He's thanking God for the Thessalonians, and he's thanking them for their conversion. And he's writing letters, you know, like this letter right here. You think he can do all that at once? No, he can't do that. What he means is he doesn't stop praying. He's regularly praying for them. Yeah. Okay? And so what that means is that you and I should be regularly praying. Spurgeon said it like this. He said that prayer should not be something we do sporadically. Prayer should not be something we do here and there. Prayer should be something we regularly attend to. He says, artists make it a job, make it their aim to look at the, the, whatever they're painting and to study it. And he said, carpenters make it their job to make the right cuts and all that. But we as Christians, our job is to pray. Yeah. You know, we ought to be praying. We, we don't want to stop praying. We want to be faithful in prayer. So it's encouraging that it's not talking about 24-7 prayer, but it is talking about consistent, faithful, not lacking, not faltering prayer. Makes me think of George Mueller. You know, in his autobiography, he says, this was the 1,200 and such and such day I'd been praying for X, and God answered. I mean, that's regular consistent, unceasing prayer, right? He said, I started praying here, and I just kept praying every day. That's unceasing prayer. Did George Mueller have other things to do? Absolutely. 
but he regularly prayed. And Jesus, same thing. And Paul, he could say this, I didn't stop praying for you. So here, number one, the importance of prayer. So let me ask you this. Is your prayer life faltering? Is your prayer life, can you say this, I pray without ceasing. Prayer is my priority and and I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on in prayer. I'm faithfully praying. You know, the government actually keeps statistics on the amount of time Americans spend doing things. Uh, it's the Labor Department is concerned about it, I guess. <clears throat> Which makes sense uh, because I'll give you an example. The average American spends 2.7 hours a day on TV. 2.7 hours a day. You know what? You know what you could say? Americans, they watch TV without ceasing. Right? It's a priority. I mean, it's like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to spend time doing this thing. I'm not going to miss doing this thing. The average American spends 39 minutes a day socializing. 40 minutes. Just small talk. What about you? Are the things in your life that are regular, that are consistent, that you're faithful in, is it prayer or is it something else? Do you pray more or do you get on Facebook more? Do you pray more or do you read fiction books more? Do you pray more or do you watch movies more? Do you pray more or do you look in the mirror more? Do you pray more or do you fix your hair more? Do you pray more or do you put makeup on? I mean, there's the reality is, from what I can tell from the, this labor statistics, the average American spends more time putting on makeup than they do praying. That is so sad. Do you realize how sad that is? I think it was something like seven minutes a day praying. And that's for women, obviously. Do you pray more or surf the internet more? Average American spends more time shopping than they do praying. Very sad. What we can say is, in general, not praying without ceasing. Doing a lot of things. Regularly, consistently, faithfully, but praying is not one of them. For the average American. Should not be that way for Christians. Here's what we really want to talk about today. Three motives that won't let us cease praying. The other way you could say it is three causes of prayerlessness. Three causes of prayerlessness. You ready for them? I'll give you them all right here and then we'll go through them one by one. We'll do it causes of prayerlessness and then I'll do motives to pray. Little, little humility, little praying. Little faith, little praying. Little love, little praying. Say it in the reverse. If we've got some humility, we won't cease to pray. 
If we've got some faith, we won't cease to pray. And if we've got some love, we're not going to cease to pray. Let's start with humility. Humility. If your prayer life is faltering, one cause could be a lack of humility. Think about it. When you get up in the morning, is there no sin you want to confess? There's nothing you need to come before God and say, God, forgive me of this. None? What about a need? You don't have any needs? You don't have God needing to meet anything for you? You don't need air. You don't need health. You don't need food. Of course you do. What about guidance? Think about the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's an attitude of humility. I need God today. I need God to provide for me food today. I need God to guide me today. I need God to forgive me today. I need God to protect me today. That's an attitude of humility. You need God. You do. You need wisdom. You need love. Or another way to say it is self-sufficiency is a cause for a lack of praying or for ceaseless for ceasing to pray. If you're self-sufficient, if you feel like I can get through today without God, then there's not a need to pray. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. You can't get through today. You may feel like you've got bread in the cabinets and you don't need to pray for bread, but that's not true either. I'll tell you a story about my my parents' friends had some sort of bug get into their rice and tiny, tiny little gnats got into everything in all their cabinets and they couldn't have like any food in their house for like two weeks because they had to try and get rid of these tiny little food gnats and I couldn't, I can't remember what they're called. But look, think about it. What happened when they woke up? I hope they prayed for bread that day. But maybe they didn't. Maybe it was a lesson. Their, their cabinets are filled with food and it's, they can't eat any of it. Because those little uh, gnats got into all of it. Not just the rice, got into everything. Think about it. That could happen to you and to me. There's countries right now where they, people don't eat food. You know, we need to pray for Venezuela. They, 90% of the people can't eat three meals a day. 90% because of a corrupt government. That's bad. But you know what? That could be us. That could be us. It's by the grace of God that it's not us. But we need God. We need God today. We need God for physical needs. We need God to protect us from sin. Just like the Lord's Prayer says. Don't lead us into temptation. We just need God to lead us, period, right? I need guidance today. You need guidance today. We're not self-sufficient. You go into work, you're not self-sufficient. You aren't. God will put you in situations and you know, I can't do this. That's why we need God. We need to pray. Your family situation, you need God. We've talked about this before. Humility. Remember Job? We're so limited. We need God. So that's the first thing. Humility. Humility won't let you cease praying. Think about this. Of these three things, how many do you need to not cease praying? It's not all three. 
just one of the three. If you just have a little bit of humility, you won't stop praying. Think about it. There's guys in the jail that of the three, faith, humility, and love, they don't, they don't have the other two. They're not trusting God. They're not wanting to trust God. They're, they're totally lost. But they have humility. They realize, I need something to happen. And so they pray. And they pray and they really pour out their heart to God. They have no idea if He's going to answer. They, they're faithless. They're not doing it because they love others or love God. They're doing it out of selfishness. But what? That, that measure of humility pulls them out of their prayerlessness. Is that good? No. It's not good. But the point is this, is that just a bit of humility will pull you out of your prayerlessness. Doesn't it happen? Let me ask you this. When's the last time you had a crisis and what happened to your prayer life? Did it increase? That's because God showed you that you need more humility, right? It's because when things were going well, you didn't feel like you needed to pray as much. And that's not good. Second thing, faith. Faith. Little faith, little praying. But if we have some faith, we'll pray. You can think about it this way. The way I try and remember these is thinking about God as Father. You say, you know, again, the Lord's Prayer, Father in Heaven. I mean, if you're calling God Father, you're assuming all three of these things. Humility, right? If you're calling God Father, you're saying He's above you. Correct? If you're calling God Father, you can trust Him. You, you have to have faith. You wouldn't call Him Father if He wasn't trustworthy, if He, it wasn't His job to provide for you. And there's so many things we could talk about. And then the third, love. You don't call Him Father. You call Him unless you love Him. That's one of the ways you can remember the three. But what could we say about faith and prayer? There's so much we could say. You could have a whole sermon just on this. So I'm just going to say a few things and then we'll stick with one that I think is helpful. So... Think about the promises of God. If you believe, if you really believe just a few of the promises of God, would you cease to pray? No, you wouldn't. Just a couple. The one that comes to my mind is the verse, God is able to make all grace overflow to you, so that at all times, having all sufficiency, you may overflow in every good work. And that's If you just believe that, period, that's the only promise in the Bible you could say. I've got faith in this one promise. Boy, you could pray that every day. All times, having all sufficiency, you may overflow in every good work and all good work. That's a promise. If you, believe, if you really believe that with faith, that you could pray that every day. But there's a thousand. I mean, there's a thousand promises. We just need a few to pull us out of our prayerlessness that we really believe. Think about who God is. Faith in who God is would lead you to pray. Just if we talked about this, you know, what is it, two or three weeks ago. If you believe that God loved you just a little bit, you would you would be ready to pray to him. If you believe just a little bit of the omniscience of God, you would be ready to pray. And you could go through all the attributes, right? And who God is, if you really believe it, that is why I'm saying faith is important to prayer. If you really believe God is who He says He is in the Bible, you'll want to pray to Him. You will. 
Because he's good, because he's powerful, because he hears, because he made a way for you to pray through Jesus. We could go into more on each one of those. But here's what I want to actually talk about in terms of faith and your prayer life. If I asked you today, what are you trusting God with today? What are you having faith in God with? I didn't say that right. What are you having faith in God about today? Is there something you're trusting God with today? Well, for every Christian, we would say our sin, right? We begin the Christian life by faith. We believe that Jesus really died for us, that we, our sin is gone, it's on, on the cross, paid for, and that I'm a child of God. We really believe that. But it doesn't end there, right? We live a life of faith. We give our whole life to God, right? We say, Jesus, my life is not my life. I, I'm giving it to you, whatever you want me to do. And you trust Jesus with your life. But let me ask you this. What things today are you trusting Jesus with? Because in general, I think a lack of prayer is a lack of faith in the everyday, right? Prayer is faith acted out. I'll give you an example. You're going to work and you have a difficult student. But you can guess who I'm talking about. I'm talking about me. <laughs> uh, Am I actively giving that to God? Am I saying, God, here's this student. You know what they're like. You know what they say. You know what they said yesterday. I'm going to trust you. Whatever you, you can reach the student today. You can help me have patience today. And I actively believe in God that you will help me because you want to. You, you said in your word that you'll guide us into all truth. You said you'll sanctify us in the truth. So here... It's a specific thing that when I get up in the morning, I'm praying and asking God to help me with because I can't do it and because I believe He wants to help. Now, what about you? Is there anything today that you were actually trusting God for? Or did you just get up, you know, maybe go through a routine of prayer, but there's nothing you're actually depending on Him for. There's nothing you're actually trusting Him with. That's not right. We should be trusting God with many things every day. We should be trusting God with our finances, with our work, with our words, with the conversations we have. With our burdens. Are you giving your burdens to God and trusting Him with them every day? What about in your marriage? Think about this. I'm sure that there's people today and yesterday and this weekend that said something sharp to their spouse or received something that they thought uh, that was a little bit sharp. What do you do with that? Do you let it fester? Do you say something back? That what Your attitude, something's wrong with your attitude. Or do you in faith give that to God? God, you heard that. You know the heart behind it. If there's a wrong attitude, Lord, I pray you'd help. And I pray you'd help me to respond in the right way. You see, that's faith in the everyday. That's not just I'm trusting Jesus in general and then I walk through the day not trusting Jesus with any of my activities. It's actually, I trusted Jesus with my sin and my soul and now I'm trusting Jesus with all the other little things too. Like that word my spouse said. Or with the thing 
uh, somebody said to me at work. Or with something someone in my extended family said to me. Or whatever burden it is, your health, whatever it is, you should be actively giving things to God every day. And if you were, you would pray. You'd be praying. We should be living a life of faith. You could think of it this way. If humility is not, is, is not seeing you need God, or it's thinking you're self-sufficient, then what's faith? It's seeing God's sufficiency and trusting Him to provide. You trust that God is a Father that will help you with your marriage, with your words, with whatever it is you need to do today, with the conversations we're going to have in the meal. You know, one of the reasons we cease to pray is we're not actually trusting God. Think about it. How many conversations, how many daily activities do you go through and you really are not trusting God with? It's an encouragement that God wants to, like a father, provide, but you need to ask. Let's move on to the third. Love. Humility will pull us out of our prayerlessness. And a lack of it leads to a lack of prayer. Faith will pull, pull us out of our prayerlessness. If we really believe that God is who He said He is, we'll want to pray to Him. If we've got all these things and we know God wants to provide and to help, we'll pray to Him. And it's the same with love. You know what will pull you out of prayerlessness quick? Love. If you really love, if you really love God, and if you really love people. If you really love God, think about it. Don't you want to meet with God? You could just say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Thank you that we made it safe to church. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you love me. Think about that. God knows all your faults. And He loves you. And one thing I do know is when you meet people that are, have had a hard life, they really want to be with people that they know really care. I mean, they love to be around people that they know love them. Right? If you, if you know God loves you, you want to meet with Him. And if you love Him back even more, you want to meet with Him. You want to get down on your knees be with Him. A love to God will pull us out from our prayerlessness. What else? A love to men. Is there not one person that will get you out of bed so you can pray for Him, that you love enough? Think about it. If that's, if that's true, we've got a serious problem. If there's not one person that you love enough to get up and get on your knees and pray... We've got a serious love problem. Because there's people in the church all the time that have things going on that need prayer. And people in the world, people that we know in our personal lives, family members, you know, even people that don't have anything going wrong. Don't you want to pray for your kids? Think about how it would be if you loved everyone around you just a fraction as much as you loved your kids. Boy, we'd be praying people, right? Love will pull us out of our prayerlessness. Love to men and love to God. There's people 
that they don't really trust God. They don't believe God's a good father. They're not humble, but they know some so-and-so who has cancer, and they'll pray. Think about that. Here's this person who doesn't really know God at all, doesn't really want to know God, but they love this person enough, they're desperate, and they'll get down on their knees and they'll pray. What about us? We do know God. If we're Christians. Well, let me say a word here briefly to non-Christians. This is really talking to Christians, but what about non-Christians? This applies to you too. Man, you could pray today. Don't you need God? Don't you need to confess your sin, humility? If you, if you felt your real need for God today, you'd get down on your knees and you would pray. Are you ready to meet God? You aren't, if you're not a Christian. You've got physical needs. You've got even bigger spiritual needs. Humility will pull you out of your prayerlessness. You see that you've sinned against God. You see your inability to help yourself. You see, I'm not sufficient like I thought I was. I can't get through life on my own. You would bow down and pray. What about faith? If you're not a Christian, look at who God is. There's no one in the world like Jesus Christ. I like to say to the students at Truman, what would happen if you spit in your best friend's face every day for 10 years? Would they still be your best friend? No, they wouldn't. And I said, you know what? You've spit in Jesus' face every day for the last 10 years in the way you live and the way you treat Him. And guess what? He's still calling you and saying, come, repent, come to Me. Jesus loves like nobody else loves. If you believe anything about what the Bible says, you would want to bow down and pray and trust Him. Love. Love to God. Love to men. Surely. If there's anyone in the world you could love, it's somebody that died for you. If you're lost, we talked about this not very long ago, but it's worth saying again. If you're lost, can you imagine standing before Jesus and seeing the holes in His hands and His feet knowing He died so I could be forgiven and I didn't want to be? I didn't want to know Him. That's not good. But there He is. No one with any sense of reality, would want to not bow down and pray to that Jesus. The real Jesus who really died. So if you're lost, this applies to you too. If you're lost, you know you're prayerless. You're not, you're not bowing down and praying like you should. You're not pouring out your heart to God. You're not trusting Him with your soul, with your sin, with your life. You're still running it yourself. But you can you can trust Him. Ask God. You know what you could do? You could pray to God today and say, God, I don't have humility. I think I am self-sufficient. And it's not, it's not true. Please help me. Or you could say, God, I don't have faith in You. I don't believe You're good. Or I don't want to trust my life to You. And I know that's wrong. Have mercy on me. You could do that. Well, let's go back to the Christian why am I saying all this? It sounds kind of discouraging at first, but I actually think it's encouraging and it's helpful. Here's why. There's a lot of men 
This is a good book by Ian Bounds on prayer, The Power of Prayer. It's a very good book. If you haven't read a good book on prayer, chapters are short. But there's a lot of men that prayed without ceasing. Men in the Bible, Ezekiel, Paul, Daniel, Jesus, so many men who who prayed and were earnest and regular in prayer. What are they like? Are they these powerful, mighty giants that have climbed the mountain and they're so, you know, so powerful in themselves that they have this strong prayer life? Nope. That's the wrong way to look at it. That's the way I used to look at it. I used to think, read these verses about praying without ceasing and think, wow, what a giant Paul was. Well, that's not how it is. That's not how it is. The amazing thing should not be that Paul prayed without ceasing. The amazing thing should be that anyone else doesn't. Right? Let me say it a different way. The incredible thing is not that there's some people that, that pray without ceasing. The incredible thing is that there's so many who do cease. There's every reason to pray. There's every reason to be humble before God and pray. There's every reason to have faith in God. There's every reason to love God and to love others. And it's only when all of those are so weak that we cease to pray. Think about that. It's not The incredible thing is not that Paul did pray, it's that we don't pray. Just a little bit of reality in any one of these three areas will get you out of bed in the morning and get you on your knees. Just a little bit of love or a little bit of faith or a little bit of humility. It'll pull you out of prayerlessness. So let's I'm gonna read you some quotes here of men who didn't cease to pray. Martin Luther said, If I spend two hours in prayer each morning, sorry, let me say that again. Martin Luther said, If I fail to spend two hours in prayer each morning, the devil gets the victory through the day. If I don't pray for two hours, the devil's going to win today. Samuel Rutherford. He rose in the morning to meet God in prayer. He rose at three in the morning to meet God in prayer. Joseph Aline rose at four o'clock for his business of praying until eight. If he heard the other tradesmen going about their business before he was up, he would explain. He would exclaim, "Oh." How this shames me. Does my master not deserve more than theirs? Think about that. If he was in bed and he heard some guy out doing his job, he thought, I've got a better master than them. I should be, I should be out first. Robert Murray McShane. I ought to spend the best hours in communion with God. It is my noblest and most fruitful employment and is not to be thrust into a corner. The morning hours from 6 to 8 are the most interrupted and should be thus employed. John Welch. He kept a blanket near his bed so that he might wrap himself when he arose to pray at night. His wife would complain when she found him lying on the ground weeping. And he would reply, quote, O woman, I have the souls of 3,000 to answer for, and I know not how it is with many of them. I mean, that's, that's amazing. David Brainerd, I love to be alone in my cottage where I can spend much time in prayer. Adoniram Judson, 
Arrange your affairs if possible so that you can leisurely devote two or three hours every day, not merely to devotional exercises, but to the very act of secret prayer and communion with God. Be resolute in His cause. Make all practical sacrifices to maintain it. Consider that your time is short and that the business and company must not be allowed to rob you of your God. You know, we could keep going. We could talk about George Mueller. We could talk about C.H. Spurgeon. We could talk about J.L. Frazier. We could talk about Hudson Taylor, Robert Chapman, William Borden. I mean, we could just, we could probably spend the rest of the time listing people that we knew were mighty in prayer. Is it incredible? Were they mighty men? No. You can see what caused them to pray, even just in some of those quotes. Just love to men. Think about that. That guy wrapped in a blanket at the foot of his bed praying in the night. What, what caused him to get out of his bed in the night and pray in the cold? He loved people. He was concerned for people. What caused Luther to pray and to spend hours in prayer? Humility. He said the devil it the devil's gonna win today if I don't pray. Maybe that explains some of those quotes we heard from Luther that are so he says something wrong, he says something that sounds so bad. Maybe that's the day he was self dependent and he realized, Boy, I did not honor God with what I just said. That was in the flesh. Lord forgive me. You can hear the love to God in some of those, right? Don't let these other things rob you of your God. David Brainerd. I love to spend time in prayer. He loves it. Why? Well, you can just hear in that the love to God. He loves to be with God. So let's finish by asking yourself this. Do you need to confess a lack of humility, a lack of faith, and a lack of love that leads to a lack of of prayer? This is an encouragement and it's a practical help to me. Guess what? When you wake up in the morning tomorrow and you don't feel like praying or you get down and you pray for five minutes and then you feel like getting off your knees, you know what you can do? Go through these. These are the questions I like to ask myself if I don't... If I don't feel like praying, I say, do I, do I really not have anything I need? I think about humility. Do I really not need any help from God today so that I can just get up off my knees? That's not true. I need a lot of help. Is there not anything I need to confess? Or is there not anything I need to ask guidance or wisdom or love? And you know what? Warms my heart to pray doesn't take much humility really to cry out to God. If you see just a little bit of how small you are, you cry out to God. Warms my heart. What about faith? You can go on to the next one. Tomorrow you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like praying. Maybe ask yourself, what kind of God would get me out of my bed to pray? There's not a God better than... You can't imagine a God more worthy of your... Trust your love than the God who is, than Jesus Christ. What else? You could say, 
Can't I, isn't there, can't I think of something? Isn't there something in my life today that I need to trust God with that's too heavy on my back for me? Absolutely. Right? There's a lot of things we should be doing with everything, but we can start with just a few things, can't we? Let's just start with our conversations today in the meeting. Let's give, you, you talk to someone today in the meeting, you know what you could do? Short prayer to God. God, I trust you with this conversation. You said you prepared my good works beforehand. I trust that if there's anything I need to say, you'll help me. Just go on. There's a lot of things we can give to God in faith. We should be giving our daily burdens to God. Trusting God with our kids, our work, everything. And so when you ask that question, can't I trust God? Isn't there something I need to trust God with today? Absolutely. It warms your heart. What about love? Now this might be the biggest one. You get down on your knees and you don't feel like praying and if you ask yourself, don't I have a little bit of humility? Don't I have a little bit of faith? And you're still not warm, ready to pray? Ask yourself, don't I love God enough? Oh, that's so sad. Doesn't that make your heart melt to think that God's not good enough to get down on your knees and pray to Him? What about men? Is there not one person you can pray for, really pray for today, that you love enough to get down on your knees and not just say something? I mean, you could, you know, you could think about these. We didn't have time to go into it, but you could think about these as the antidote to prayerless praying. Because there's sometimes where you pray, but you're not really praying, right? Your heart's not in it. You're just going through a list, or you're just going through the motions. But what? These things will pull you out of that prayerless praying into fervent praying. You, you feel your real need for God and you're going to really start praying. You feel how good God is. You're, going to, you're not just going to be saying the same thing you always say. You're going, to be, you're going to really be praying. Same with love. If you really love somebody, it's not going to be, Oh God, so and so, you know how sick they are. Help them. No. You're not going to pray like that. You're going to be praying. You're going to be really praying. You're going to be asking God for help. Asking God for mercy. You're going to be asking God questions like, God, why has this trial gone on so long? This seems so hard. I know you're a good God. Have mercy on on this. On this person, Lord. On this family. Well, my goal, my hope, is that you see the importance of praying without ceasing. And I hope it's not something that seems like at the top of some mountain, if you get real strong, you can get there. I hope you see that just a little bit of any of these graces, humility, faith, and love will pull you out of that praying. Prayerless, prayerlessness and pull you into praying. Pull you out of the prayerlessness and into praying. I hope it's practical for you. This has been a help to me. It's been a help to me to ask myself these questions when I, when I feel my heart is cold towards God. We should be praying. We should be devoting ourselves to prayer. Compare the time you spend in these other things to the time you spend in prayer. You know, the other thing I want to say just before we close is a word of caution and that is, as you hear these quotes about how many hours a day they spent in prayer and how early some of them got up, 
if you are a mom with kids at home, especially new kids, you are not going to be able to get up at three and start praying for two hours, right? It's not possible. I mean, you're going to, you're going to be standing up asleep and you're not going to be able to function. If you got a full-time job and a family, I don't know how you could pray for two hours a day and actually be doing what God wants you to do towards your work, towards your family, towards the church. I just don't think that's possible in general unless you only run on four hours of sleep or something like that. Now, you could rob yourself of sleep, but you're going to end up you're going to end up with your head on your desk at lunchtime falling asleep and having a big red mark on your head cuz you got up too early and you need to just to sleep and pray, you know, for the 45 minutes God gave you. But God gave you a conscience, and your conscience will inform you and let you know, am I praying? Am I really praying like it matters, or am I just praying like it's a to-do list? You need to trust God. You can't, God's not going to grade you on the clock, but God will grade you on your conscience. Let's pray together. Lord, I hope, Lord, I trust that you know all things. You knew that Mason was going to be sick, and I just ask that you'd use whatever was true and right and good from this as an encouragement and as a help. Lord, and I ask you, please, Lord, save us from being a prayerless church. Lord, save us from prayerless pastors, Lord. We do not want to be hypocrites. Lord, I pray you protect us. I'm 100% sure the devil would love to see prayerless pastors. Please, Lord, do not let us lose our love, our faith in you, and our humility. We want to know you. We need help, Lord. Make it real to us. Lord, I pray that you would use this maybe in just one person's life, that they would become a real person of prayer. Lord, I thank you for all the people that have prayed for us and changed their lives, and we don't even know about it. Thank you so much, Lord, for our grandparents that prayed before we didn't even get to know them, Lord. I just hand all these things to you, Lord. We're thankful for who you are. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you even hear our prayers at all. Give us give us humility, love, and faith, Lord, we need it. Amen.